0: Consider Christ the source of our salvation, that He should take.
1: today as we celebrate Trinity Sunday. it is the always the first Sunday after Pentecost that we celebrate the Trinity and, and we'll get into more of the details of that later, but it is a special day where we look at God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit in a unique way and, and ask for God to continue to shape us and to challenge us. And so as we do that this morning, let us, enter in with the call to worship based off from Psalms uh, Psalms chapter 8. O Holy Trinity, one God in three persons, we behold in the splendor of creation, your majesty and our responsibility. O Holy Trinity, one God in three persons, We behold in the face of Jesus Christ your divinity and our humanity. O Holy Trinity, one God in three persons, we behold in the spirit of truth your glory and our calling, bound to you forever. We will ever praise your name. Let us pray this morning. O God, we honor this day the majesty and the mystery of your name. You are both infinite and intimate known and unknowable, transcendent and transparent. In love, you have made us your own, and invite us to join in your divine dance. We will never rest until we rest in you, blessed Trinity, one God forever and ever. Amen.
2: Good morning everyone. We're going to start our um, worship and song this morning with One Thing Remains. So if you'll join with me as we sing um, and begin our service this morning. You can, as always, stand if you want. You can stay seated. You can take whatever posture suits you
3: Than the mountains that I face, stronger than the power of the great. Constant through the trial and the change, one thing remains. One. Shifting shine Follow us through all our days with the certain home of peace. Rejoice, rejoice. Full or empty hands find the riches of His grace over all the world His people sing show to show we hear them call the truth that cries through every age our God is all in all rejoice
1: And I'm kind of throwing it out there for us to read the scripture as it comes up. And I've, I've changed it a little bit so that you can know what is the first reading, what's the second reading, so you can be prepared, because I know some of you like to be prepared for that kind of stuff. Um, now, we do have a few different announcements that I want to get to, one of which we still have eggs in the fridge. I think
2: there's like a dozen,
1: maybe. So someone take them. Please, take them. <laughs> we also have, we have some tomato plants, some tomato plants as I was Told. Uh, some some tomato plants, um, some some basil. Uh, what uh, anyway.
2: is that? No, uh, but there
1: there's tomato oh, there's plants there. out there. Please take them if you want. The only stipulation is uh, the plastic containers are a friend of ours, and they want them back. So when you plant them, bring back the plastic container so that they can reuse them for next year. Um, that's the only stipulation. It's kind of like the eggs. They do a whole bunch of plants, and they always give us some, so the least we can do is just return the favor of giving them back their stuff. Um, But feel free to take them, and if we don't, then we'll have to find a place to plant them. We might even sneak a few at Pastor Jessica's house just to torment her. Um, But, uh, so then with that, part of the stuff that we talked about during the all-church meeting last uh, couple weeks ago was about having some game nights. The first... One, we uh, kind of figured on doing June 17th, which is this Friday, this Friday, because it's the 10th, the 12th, yeah, whatever, it's it's a day, um, this June 17th, and I forgot to change the, uh, the title on that, but yeah, it's uh, at 6 p.m., come, bring some snacks if you want, bring some board games, some card games, whatever. We'll just get together, we'll have some fun, we'll do some games, if you want, bring some children games or whatever, Uh, a VR headset or whatever. Uh, You know, whatever you want to do. We could, yeah, he he didn't hear me, I totally... (laughs) Vicky heard and she rolled her eyes, so I know that someone... (laughs) I said a VR headset or whatever. You can you can do whatever. So so we're just a time for us to get together and play some games and to fellowship, and uh, it'll kind of just go until when you have to leave. Uh, Sunday school. Also, we are going to be taking a summer break. I know that so many of us are traveling or doing stuff, or it's just a little bit hard to get up in the mornings when it is nice and wonderful out. Uh, so for the next couple of months, we will be on a hiatus, but we will still have the church open. So if you want to come and have some coffee, you want to fellowship, you want to just chat or come early and pray quietly in the sanctuary, whatever, we will have the church open and uh, ready for that. So feel free to still come early if you would like to. The men's breakfast will be on the 25th of June at nine o'clock. Uh, so plan for that all men so we can get together and we can. Have some breakfast, we can talk, chat, talk about God, maybe learn some stuff. you know, manly stuff, you know Tim Taylor <laughs> <You> know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I tried. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, we'll be having outdoor service. It's the last it's the fourth Sunday of the month and we'll just be doing that outside uh, right out here. So bring some chairs. we'll have some tents for shade as well. And uh, other
2: oh, than that. You didn't put
1: mine up there, did you? Huh? For the park. You didn't put that up there. I didn't know. Nope. Go ahead, share. I don't know what's going on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're going to have, like, a. I don't know how often. It depends, probably. But this Thursday, we're going to meet at the park on, uh, at, like, 9 to 11 over at Wright Park, which is over by the Catholic school church over there. Um, yeah. So come, and your kids can play, or come even if you don't have kids and chat and enjoy some time outside or fellowship, whatever. Awesome. Thursday.
1: Amy you. can send a text out with directions yeah, to the okay. that mass. It's like. texting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I live in the parents'
4: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Um, And so, with that, uh, as always, there are the different ways in which you can give. And if you weren't here last week, I'll tell you again there's a little QR code on the back. So, if you pull out your smartphone, you put the camera on it, it'll take you right there so you can pay online if you would like to, you know, because we're hip and cool with that. Um, But it does make it easier, so you don't have to try to find the website or anything like that. Uh, So, with that, let us pray over. the the offerings that we have received and that we will continue to receive throughout the week. Holy God, you have poured out so much for us. The beauty of the world, the care of family and friends, meaningful labor, and the gifts of the church. We give you thanks for these and many other gifts. Most especially, we thank you for pouring your love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Through these offerings, may your love spill over in glad abundance that brings relief and renewal and hope to those in need. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So the first reading today is Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, then verses 22 through 31. Do we have a taker for reading that? This is the word of the Lord, and together we say, thanks be to God. Let us continue in our worship this morning.
2: Alright, our next song this morning is, Come Thou Found. If you want to follow along in the hymnal, it's number 51. Or as always, the words are up here. Um, so join with me as we sing, Come Thou Found of every blessing.
3: Teach me some melodious song sung by flaming tongues above Praise thy mountain fixed upon it mount of the
2: Like to read that? If not, I will. <laughs> Jam, says no. Jam says he's reading. Is that what I heard? No, Jam says no. so. <laughs> Sorry, man, I
4: tried. that's
2: okay.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, Romans five one through five. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. This is the word of the Lord, and together we say, thanks be to God. God. Our next song this morning is, I Need Thee Every Hour. Um, And it's number 600, if you want to use your hymnal for that as well. Um, And just... Think about how much how much we need him, and and we just can't go on throughout the day without you know I know I can't like without praying about something and something comes up and just I need him I need him for you know everything that comes along good and bad and and just all that I, uh, one day can bring. <laughs> so join with me as we sing.
1: set some some expectations, really, more than anything else, we're not going to have a very deep theological discussion about the Trinity and how the Trinity functions and works and all that, Uh, mainly because this is the only Sunday within the liturgical year that we actually talk about doctrine. And, it, and it's kind of odd in how this functions because every other Sunday that has special meaning, you think of Pentecost, you think of Easter, you think of, of Advent time, you think of uh, all these different celebrations we have, it is about what God has done or what God is doing. And then we have this abnormal Sunday that is called Trinity Sunday where we celebrate really a doctrine of the church. Yes, it has to do with God. But nowhere in the Bible does it specifically say anything about the Trinity, the way that we speak about it with our doctrine. It's there, we see it, that's why we have the doctrine, we've been able to parse that out, but nowhere does it actually say God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, except for in some texts where then things were kind of added later and there's a whole big discussion about that. But again, we're not going to get into all that because I don't want to bore some of you, I don't want some of you to fall asleep, but... Um, If you want to have those discussions, trust me, I could take and eat up hours of your time having those discussions, Uh, but I'd rather do that with people who want to do that versus making you all sit here and listen to me speak for hours on end. So, with that, the text that we're going to be reading today in John chapter 16 is not directly talking about the Trinity is Jesus' farewell discourse as he prepares for the cross, for the crucifixion, and and he is trying to prepare his disciples for his departure. But there's still something we can learn from it, obviously, or else I wouldn't be up here talking, (laughs) right? So with that, if you are able, I ask that you please stand for the reading of God's word today in John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the word of the Lord, and together we say thanks be to God. You may be seated. Living God, you still have many things to say to us. Speak, and we will try to bear them. By your word, may the Spirit guide us into all truth that our lives may glorify you. Amen. Besides the fact that John, in his infinite wisdom, uses such circular language to talk about all this, it is uh, one of these odd things where we have Jesus saying... I still have many things to tell you, guys. It kind of makes you wonder, what was it that Jesus still had yet to say? I heard one person comment uh, on this and said, well, maybe he had a really good fish recipe that he wanted to share with them still. He he wanted to tell them the secret to gain that nice crispy crust or something. Or, or, or maybe he had this, this secret uh, insider trading about, hey, when apple comes along, buy stock in it. Or, you know, what? Maybe Jesus had something to say like that. Well, really, what it is happening here is he's realizing the limitation of our humanity. It's not that he was hiding anything. It's not that he had a secret that he couldn't quite tell yet. It's the fact that what he was trying to express to them would be too burdensome for them to take in today. They were struggling with the fact of just accepting that he was going to be departing, that somehow he was going to be crucified, and none of this was making sense to them. And so he was holding back from saying, okay, look, this I, I want you to understand all this. I want you to get this big picture. And it, it's the same as when we have uh, children and we want to explain to them this deep concept of finances. Because they go through the store and they say, Ooh, I like that. Let me have it. I want this, I want that. Well, that costs money. Well, yeah, but you have money. We we go to the store and you pay with money. You have that little card that you swipe and it, it magically is ours. Well, yes. However, groceries and the my little pony princess, whatever that you want are two totally different things as far as necessity. And to, to explain those nuances, you try to explain that to a six-year-old and their eyes gloss over and they begin to say, uh, but I want that. <laughs> and it, it totally goes over their head. The same is happening here with Jesus as he's talking to the disciples. He, he has so much that he wants to help them understand about who he is. He wants to pull back that veil. He wants to shine that light on them. He wants them to get the picture. But he knows that right now is not the best time to try to do that. Similarly, uh, this has always been my advice uh, ever since I've been in ministry. When it comes to people who are mourning loss of loved ones, you don't try to have all the answers. You don't try to have any answers. You simply be with them. You, You mourn with them. Because no matter what you try to say, if you, if you try to say, oh, well, it's going to be okay, or, oh, they're, they're not suffering anymore, or, oh, it, you know, they're at peace, and all this stuff, it's, it's falling on deaf ears. When someone is mourning the loss of a loved one, they're not going to hear it, no matter any good intentions that we might have as we speak to them. It just doesn't work. And so the best thing we can do is simply to be with them. And so all in all we have then Jesus saying when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth. He he will share with you, he will enlighten you. You will finally be able to understand it all. And really this leads us to really the the, the first Point of which I, I want us to, to grasp, and it, it this is a big one. This, like this is this is really hard stuff here. God is God, and we are not. Like, yeah, I know that's mind blowing to think about. God is God. We are not. That that has some implications as to our lives and and our expectations of what God is doing or what God uh, is expected to do out of us or for us or to us. God is God and we are not. This means that God gets to decide when we are told something, how we are told. God gets to decide When this is uh, an appropriate time for us to try to understand things. Or or when these situations are okay. And for this example of Jesus talking to his disciples, God, through Jesus, is saying, Look, I want you to understand, really, to get this picture of who I am as the Messiah. I want you to actually be able to to see what it means for me to go and die and, and all of this but you're not you're not ready for it. And some of us can look at that and we can say, "Well, that's not fair. Jesus should have shared with the disciples. They could have understood it. They they were adults. They they had the wits about them." But God is God. God gets to decide that. And sometimes I think within our lives we think that we are entitled Especially as we grow closer in our relationship to God, we, we feel as if we are entitled to God doing certain things for us. God, you owe us this. God, I've been faithful to you for an X number of years. Why are you allowing this to happen? Remember, God is God. We are not. God created us. That means God has authority over us. Now verse 13, it talks about this truth coming in, and again, this is where some people have questioned and said, okay, so, so now the Holy Spirit is giving us this truth, the, this thing that we couldn't understand, the disciples certainly couldn't understand at the time. No, it is the Holy Spirit unveiling our eyes, uncovering us so that we can see and understand, ah, that's what Jesus was doing. Oh, I get it now, I can see the big picture. And we have those moments within our lives where we'll be going through a struggle, we'll be going through a conflict, we'll be working through this part of our lives, and all of a sudden, 10 years down the road, we'll say, oh my goodness, I finally understand. In the same way the Holy Spirit is working to unveil that within our lives. As we draw closer and we build this relationship with God, the Holy Spirit's Part of the Holy Spirit's work is to help us see the bigger picture, to get the understanding, the comprehension, to be able to put those pieces together and say, oh, I get it now. It's not that God was trying to hide things. It's not that God was trying to uh, be manipulative in the information we received. It's the fact that, well, let's face it, as humans, we're kind of slow sometimes. We're kind of stubborn. We're kind of pig-headed about things. And so it takes time for us to finally get those pictures in our brains to understand and to perceive it and to receive it in the way that God is trying to help us to see it. And so with all of this here, this is kind of explaining a lot of the text to give you some of the background. I wanted you to have that because I don't want you to walk away not knowing how to understand what Jesus is talking about here, I do want to shift this into the idea of the Trinity and what that means for us. Because what we see here at the end, when John goes into more of his circular language of he is with me and I am with him and this and that, and we share and he gives and I take and this, it's showing this this poetic dance of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit weaving themselves together. And what that is showing us is, it is this example of what a relationship looks like. A true relationship. A, a, a bona fide, wonderful, caring, loving relationship. What that looks like. And it's an example for us as the church, something that we need to be able to embody within us, within the, the confines of this group, this body, but also as we go out to be able to open up that relationship for others to hear and to see and to, to feel this same kind of relationship with us. Now, for all of you Greek theologians out there, I know, Jennifer, you're going to love this. Um, There's a word for all this. It's called perichoresis, right? Super fun word, right? Uh, Put on your nerdy glasses. and It's perichoresis, okay? And what that means, what that is getting at is this idea of rotating or dancing. And it's explaining the relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the the word actually comes from two different words. One is peri, which means around, and Korean, which is to make space. And so that's where we get this idea of to make space around. And so when we think of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as they are working, and and the, the way that we can understand how they are one but three is that they are constantly making space around each other. As they are doing their work, they're never stepping on the toes of someone else. They're never getting in the way. If you've ever worked in a kitchen, trust me, it's annoying when you have someone who is in the way. Especially, uh, I remember when I was working in a kitchen once and we had a, a busboy who was doing all the dishes and, and it was a very narrow kitchen and he would come and he would grab the dishes and then he would just kind of stand in our way. It's like, get out. We have we have stuff we need to do, and I can't get here until you move there. It, that was not a very good example of making space around. I also think of when children, lovingly children, uh, they want to be around you in the kitchen, <laughs> and so then you're trying to turn around with a hot pan, and they're on your toes, and you're trying to not drop dinner on top of them and stuff. It, it is making this space. Perichoresis. And it's this beautiful dance. You can think of it, especially in the, the, they get the whole idea about a dance in the fact of when you look at people who are dancing in rhythm, it's beautiful, it's graceful. They, they know where each other's going and they know how to move so that each person can do what they need to do. In the same way that we see the Trinity making space to move around each other so that each can do the work of what they need so each can do the work that they need to do without infringing upon the other. It is the same kind of relationship that we bear in the church. That's what we are supposed to embody, this idea of perichoresis where we are rotating and dancing and moving around making space for one another. And this is the beauty of it because the whole idea of the church is not that we are one Body, in the sense that we have one thought, we're one hive mind where you know I say yes and all no, you say yes, and I say jump and y'all jump, and it, it, that's not what this is supposed to be about. We are all unique, we all have different political ideas, we have all different uh, ways of raising our children, we have different ways of handling our finances, we have different views about whether we should have long hair or short hair, or if we should diet, or, or anything like that. And the beauty of the church is that we are called to have this perichoresis where we can actually move in and around each other to make space for these subtle indifferences that ultimately mean nothing while doing the greater work of the church. And this is where so often we have gotten hung up in the past not us individually, but us as a whole, as corporately as a church, is that we've got hung up on those little details of, I like this color of the carpet, or I like this color on the walls, or I like this, or I like... And, and we, we, we imagine that everyone has to be on the same page, and we don't leave space for others to move around us. And even more so, when we begin to have people who say, what is this that you do? And they come to experience it. They come to be a part of us or, or they ask what we do and what we believe and we don't create the space for them to move in and around us. To begin to experience what it means to be a part of the church and to, to see the beauty of it. What they should be able to do is come in and see this beautiful dance of us working together even though we may disagree on this or that. Some of you might like Ford. Some of you like, might like Dodge. Some of you might like Chevy. Some of you might like Toyota. It doesn't matter. We can all work together and still survive. We don't have to be a church that only drives one car, right? And it's this beautiful dance of making space when we begin to take it. And of course, I being, I'm being a little facetious with the, the whole idea of like the cars and the hair colors and all that stuff. Because there's larger things that we make topics about, right? If you only read this version of the Bible. If you only read that version. If you only believe that you're supposed to worship in this way or that way. If, if you believe that if you get a tattoo, you are a sinner cast for hell forever and always, or not. There, there are things that the church has made into these mountains that instead what we're supposed to be doing is making space to move around each other. Because the beauty of relationship is growth. But if we do not create the space for each other to move around each other, to accomplish the tasks that we have been called to, there can be no growth. If you keep a plant confined into a little pot, it will never get larger than what that little pot allows for it. But if you provide the space for it to grow, it will blossom and it will go into what it needs to be. We might have a Christian here that has been one for ages and ages, and they're still missing this little piece of the puzzle. The choice could be we can shame them into it, and say, how dare you? How can you not get this? You've been a Christian for 40, 50 years. Why do you not understand this? Or we can say, hey, it's okay, and create the space in which we can work around each other to allow that growth to happen. The beauty of the Trinity is the fact that we can't fully understand it, and yet we get this beautiful picture for us to exemplify as a church this beautiful dance of moving in and around each other. And so that's my challenge for us. Will we embody that? Will we make space for one another? Will we allow that room for each other to grow while doing the work Dancing shoes on, man. You gotta make some space, right? No. Okay. It's difficult. I'm not gonna lie. It's very hard because we we have our beliefs for a reason. We have our convictions for a reason, and so to make space for others, to to allow that room, is difficult but it's also one of the most loving things we can do. So as we go into uh, the prayer time today, um, specifically I wanted to say uh, Kay's father, she just uh, contacted us this morning, Kay's father fell again, and so she was taking him into the hospital uh, to get him checked out for that. And then, Mike, your mom is being discharged today, right? And so that's good as long as they can get those kidney stones all, you know, worked out. <laughs> However that works. Uh, and then, yes, uh, Laura uh, and Zane... And Bambi, they have COVID, they called us last night. Um, they're doing fine, but they, for safety reasons, they're staying home to, uh, uh, to get through it all and to make sure the sickness is all gone and stuff before they go out and spread it to everyone else. Um, and Carmen's funeral was this past Thursday and it, it was a very beautiful service. Um, if you still would like to try to reach out to the family, we have their address, so you can send them a card or anything like that if you would like to, um, and to just remember Richard uh, healing for his hip as he uh, still tries to recover from the, the surgery, and uh, to remember things like the, the shootings that have happened over the past couple of weeks, the families, it, it's, it's something to talk about it the week or two that it happens. But it's another thing to remember the families and the victims a month, two months afterwards because they're still living in that trauma and they're still having to deal with that change. And so let us continue to pray for them this time. Holy God, you are more than we can know or name. Yet we call on you again and again for you alone, our God. We cannot live apart from you, for you have called us into your triune life. Your steadfast love surrounds us all our days, wherever we may be, on a high mountain or a path in a shadowed valley, at a crossroads on our journey, outside the gates of welcome or in some inner circle, you call to us, delighting in the human race. We come before you in thanksgiving for all the gifts you have given the delight to delight us so, for the beauty of this season, for the lives of those who bless us beyond their knowing, for this community of faith by which we are nurtured and challenged. For opportunities to serve you by serving others for goals accomplished and for the gifts of life granted yet again today we come before you humbly and hopefully in need for those we know who are suffering today because of illness in mind body or spirit for those trying to make a difficult decision for those grieving a loss an ending, a dream deferred. We pray for healing and strength in every broken place of our lives. We long for the hope you alone and give, hope that does not disappoint us, but rolls away stones of death and despair. We pray for those whose livelihood is precarious, for those who live at the edge of poverty's precipice for those who live in temporary shelter and tenuous provision in the public square and the privacy of our consciousness, help us to find the will and the way towards a common good. Come before, we, we come before you earnestly and urgently for this world and turmoil, for the chaos loose in the natural world, drought and floods, earthquakes and tornadoes, Heal the earth, we pray. May those who are starving, thirsting, or left in destructions debris be restored. We pray for the turmoil we cause through our war and violence, hatred and prejudice, by our indifferences and by our calculations. Bring an end to our warring ways until civilization and soldiers live in safety. Root out of our hearts the seeds of bigotry and narrow-mindedness. Stir us from apathy. Increase in us empathy, that we may love as you love. Holy God, you have done so much to disrupt, disengage, and even destroy what you have created and called good. Still, you are determined to delight in the human race to make us delightful. Help us to delight in you by living and playing in ways that please you. Help us to delight in neighbors near and far by living and playing in ways that restore true communion. Let us delightfully, let us make us delightfully all of our days until we greet with joy the kingdom you are bringing. Christ Jesus, as we gather at the table, the, the single most important aspect of our faith. Christ our Lord invites here all those who love him, who earnestly repent of their sins and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us prepare our hearts to be God's And glorious God. In fatherly joy, you created all things through the grace of your word and the wisdom of your spirit. In the depth of your love for the world, you gave your only Son that all might come to new life in your spirit. You rolled away the stone by your fatherly hand and, in the power of your spirit, raised your incarnate Son from the dead. In your fatherly mercy, you breathed your spirit on the fearful disciples. Giving them the fire of your love to live as the body of your Son, and so adorning you with apostles and prophets, with martyrs and saints, with angels and archangels, with cherubim and seraphim, with all your glorious company in bright array, we celebrate the glory of your praise. Sing with right me. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power heaven and earth are full
4: of your glory,
1: Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Lord God, there is none beside you. You are perfect in power, in love and in purity. You invite us to join you at your heavenly banquet that knows no end. In this meal, we recall the sacrifice of your Son and the sanctification of your Send the Spirit now upon us, that we may be made ready to be your companions. And on this gift of bread and wine, that they may be for us the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Who at the supper with his disciples took the bread and gave them thanks and broke the bread and gave it to them, saying, Hey, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this and after supper, he took the cup and again gave you thanks and gave it to his disciples, saying, Bring this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed by you and for many for the forgiveness of me. Do this as often as you can. Your partners in threefold unity relish one another in deep delight. Revitalize those who live without joy or hope. Make your church a community across time and space that enjoys the gift of your life and imitates the wonders of your love. To all come into your presence and gaze upon your glory. now let us say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom the power, of the you are ready, you make home and receive the element. As we close today, sing with me, holy, 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 Lord God. by honoring mutuality, living in equality and justice, and celebrating the amazing diversity by which our communion is enriched. May the grace of Christ Jesus grant you peace. May the Holy Spirit guide you into all truth, and may the love of God fill your heart, so that you may find hope in every circumstance of this life, and give glory to God. Amen. Go in the grace of God. God bless you. Remember, there's still some eggs out in the fridge. And uh, my wife made a whole bunch of chili. So if you want to stay and have some chili, please, we'll have lots of it.